following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, September 28th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 32. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. I'm Derek Eagleton. I'm live from uh, the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Got Nick in here with me. We've got Amber and Dave from their homes. And uh, we're going to tell you all about this Cowboys game and why they lost on Sunday. Cowboys lose to the uh, Seattle Seahawks 38-31. And uh, as we do every Monday following a game, we're going to start first with letting these guys tell you what the, they think the big picture of this game is coming out of that game. Nick, you were at the, the stadium yesterday. We'll start with you. Tell me what you thought was the big picture story out of this game. Well, I mean, they they didn't they couldn't match Russell Wilson. You know, they, they couldn't match him. He 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 was uh, you know as magical as as advertised, and and um, you know the the Cowboys they, they hung in there with passing yards, but as I wrote, I just don't think they were balanced. They couldn't run. They couldn't do what they needed to do uh, to to score more in the red zone. So I just thought that you know I thought that the yards were a little bit hollow because they didn't they couldn't score enough. And you know I thought it was a just a really good you know I thought it was a really good performance by Dak, bested by a great performance by Russell. All right, Amber. Well, offensively, uh, there are things that obviously need to be improved, but right now I feel like there's still hope there with some of the things that the Cowboys have shown us. Now, on the defense side of the ball is where I'm very, very concerned. Right now, I just don't know if how much the Cowboys can actually do to thir- turn things around with the players and the people that they currently have on the team. They're desperately in need of some players that can help in the secondary. I, hear, I keep hearing um, some players talk about the lack of communication and the fact that they, they haven't been able to completely be in sync. And honestly, and I, I understand that, that, that it doesn't help that you didn't have a preseason and you got new guys coming in, new coaching staff and all that. But at the same time, I just don't understand what all is so complicated that they're currently doing that it's just not, you're not able to get guys in sync. It seems like they're not doing anything so overly complicated in order for them not to be able to get it right and quit making the mistakes that they're currently making. But at the end of the day, I just think it, 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 it's just the lack of talent there and the lack of experience. But I'm very, very highly concerned about the defense. Dave, big picture story. You know what's really funny? Like, I've been thinking about this since the game ended. Is like, on the macro level, nothing about this game should be overly surprising. Like, it played out really similarly to how a lot of people thought it would. Offensive shootout, a billion yards, Dak plays good, Russell Wilson plays better, Seahawks win by a touchdown or less. Like, that, that is very normal and should be expected. But the way the Cowboys found ways to hurt themselves is just beyond belief sometimes like 
like I said, like you kind of you're not surprised the Cowboys lose by seven on the road against Russell Wilson. You are surprised that the kick returner fields a kick that somehow winds up on the one yard line that turns into a safety. The Pro Bowl kicker misses two extra points or has one blocked. Either way, two huge points that come off the board. You are surprised that the first play when the Cowboys get the ball back turns into a strip sack like right off the bat, completely derailing everything like some of the mind-boggling details that led to this result are just that. Like, they're mind-boggling. They're thi- or, and I don't even mention the fact that Tyler Lockett has three first-half touchdowns where, you know, you expect him to catch touchdowns. You don't expect him to literally be all by himself because the defense can't keep track of one of the best receivers in the NFC. Um, so the result shouldn't be surprising, but some of the lapses that led to that result are absolutely inexcusable for a pro football team, and I think that's what makes it frustrating. It's not so much that they lost, but they just played so poorly at times, uh, even in the middle of a thrilling game. Yeah, I think it's. I think we all probably came away with that. There were lots of, of head-scratching moments in that game where you thought the Cowboys were either on a roll or you thought they were in a good position, and then they would just completely just derail themselves with something that was uh, totally avoidable. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to get into our, our segment where we're going to talk about the moments that mattered. I have some, some moments from the game that I'm going to lay out for you guys, and we're going to talk about those moments, but I also want to talk about those moments uh, from the standpoint of just the overall play of particular players and particular positions throughout this game. Let's start first with uh, the play that happened. It was first and 10 on the Dallas 43, about 6.45 less left in the first quarter. Seattle has the ball. Uh, Russell Wilson backs up, throws 43-yard touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett. It looked on that play, we were watching from television, Nick, you were, from the, you were watching from the stadium, but it looked like on that play the Cowboys were in three-deep coverage uh, where you would have had uh, the, the two safeties that would have been covering the middle and the far left, from, from Russell's vantage point, the far left third of the field, and then you would have had Diggs on the right third of the field. And it looked like Diggs backed out as though he was covering his zone. Looked like the other two safeties completely just didn't see Tyler Lockett running up the field and getting behind them, in which case that's the whole point of of cover three, right? You don't let anybody get behind you. That all being said, what did you guys see on that play? And then as a bigger picture question, what did you see from the safeties throughout that game? And we'll start this one with Amber. Well, again, like I like I mentioned earlier, it seems like the, to me, and not just the play, that specific play, play, but many other plays throughout the games where they just seem completely lost. Like they, it was like you were playing a preseason game that you haven't been playing in a long time, and you're kind of lost and kind of getting back into football. There was just a lot of things that is to me, I would assume basic things when it comes to coverage and football, uh, uh, basic football awareness. And they weren't able to execute it and play the way that they should play. And I, I, I don't, I really don't know what the solution specifically is. It seems like it, it's more, again, just going back to basics and doing the things that, that you should be able to do as a safety. And again, it just plays into the whole fact that the Cowboys haven't helped themselves uh, in, in safety with the, they should have a veteran guy. And, and I wanted to ask this question, why was it that the Cowboys felt the need that they should have gotten rid of HaHa Clinton Dix? Do you guys not think that they would be using him right now and that he would actually be helping the, te- the team? 
That's a great question, honestly. And I think, I mean, the answer to the question is that they weren't seeing the level of play out of him that justified the salary. So they decided, you know, we'll eat the cost to get rid of him and save a little bit of money. And we feel just as good about the guys that we already have. Now, it is uh, like uh, this is one of those occasions where any question you have about the safety position, in my opinion, is 100% fair. It's fair to wonder if maybe Haha should still be here. It's fair to wonder why they haven't gone out and tried to do more. Like when this stuff happens, I think everything's on the table. I don't have a problem with anybody questioning anything. Nick, what did you thought yeah. on the safety play? Um, you know, line one of playing safety is don't let them get behind you. We saw it, I think, once last year. I mean, one that I can really remember, the Jets game. We're seeing it way too many times here in the first three games of the season. So um, it's it's not been good enough, and I, I agree. I think all questions should be asked, and it's not. this isn't a new thing. I mean, this this, <laughs> this isn't – It's been around for a while. This isn't a head coaching thing. Time. I mean, yeah. maybe it is a head coaching thing, in this, uh, you know, specifically, but they, they haven't put a, a priority at the safety position for a long time, and – it showed yesterday. Do you guys think, and I, Amber, you alluded to it, do you think that the Cowboys should be looking at other options? Now, I will say this. I know we've talked yes. about Earl Thomas, but there's also Eric Reed out there who is a really good safety that's sitting out there in free agency. Now, there are going to be issues, obviously, from the standpoint you would think Grace. about how some people, yeah, you would think that, that the grace should apply here, especially if the guy can play, which he can. Right. I mean, he has been on teams. He was on a team last year and played really well. So right. there are some good safeties. There are not a lot of positions where you can say that. Safety is a position where you can say there are some good guys that are out there available to you in free agency. You would think, and I'm asking you guys the question, is the Cowboys should be interested at this point. Yeah, do it today. Give me 72 hours. Get in there. I'm ready to go. You need him by next weekend. I don't. I don't. I don't think they want to see Odell Beckham doing his little dance in the side at the end zone. You know, yeah. several times in this game because <laughs> if if those guys can run by him, the Browns got got guys too. This is why we said what we said at the start of the season, which is. It's awesome that that you want to go forward with this, and I hope it works out well for you. But you'd be crazy to close the door on the Earl Thomas talk, head, you know, after one week, because these guys have to prove that they're capable of quieting that talk, and they haven't done it. And that's I was going to say when you asked the original question is, I love as somebody who is paid to comment on pro football, I love when they make it easy for me because, you know, if if the coverage is amazing and Russell Wilson throws an absolute dime. Who am I to criticize? You know, like, that's hard. It's hard to play DB in the NFL. But this is the second straight week where a receiver has basically just stood on the field with nobody around him for yards and yards and waited for it. Like, Tyler Lockett looked like he was catching it from a jugs machine. And that's just not, like, it is not okay. It's not defensible. It's, you can't justify it. And it happened three times in the first half of this game. Hayden Hurst did it in week two. Uh, it's it's really, really bad, and I absolutely think they should be turning over every stone, whether it's Earl Thomas, whether it's Tony Jefferson, whether it's Eric Reed, even if it's somebody whose name I'm not as familiar with. Um, what they're putting out there right now is a liability. There's no way around it. I assume you agree, Amber, but what do you think about going out and getting another safety? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see how the Cowboys could absolutely even say that they're okay with moving forward with what they currently have. After three games, there's nothing that, that is promising. I have not seen anything that even sparks doubt in me or hope in me that I, I, I would think, oh, well, 
they just need a little time to get better. There hasn't been, and they they need to change it up. And especially if your offense continues to make the little errors that I still think that they could be cleaned up, you, you need to be able to get help from your defense. And the defensive line is not necessarily fully doing their part either. And the linebackers, that's another question mark there. So you need to absolutely go and grab whoever you can and hope that you don't get uh, you don't keep getting injured uh, on your secondary. I mean, when you think about the problem areas of this team, um, offensive tackle, well, there's a big reason for that. Uh, linebacker, reasons for that. Cornerback, reasons for that. Safety, that's your starters. That's who you rolled out there with. That's the biggest problem for me is that, I mean, you, you can give them somewhat of a pass. I know nobody cares about excuses, but we know why the tackles are, are, are bad here. I mean, we know why the, the, there's issues there. But at safety, you, you, you cut a veteran and you said, I'm going to go with Woods and, and Darian Thompson, and, and it hasn't worked out. All right, um, let's move on. Let's move to the the next moment that mattered. Uh, this was the ensuing kickoff after the Lockett touchdown. Uh, you got Pollard back there. Um, he muffs the catch and then recovers it on the Dallas one. Very next play, Zeke can't get out of the end zone, and it leads to a safety. Dallas is now down 9-0. to zero. Let's first talk nine, about 9-3. 9-3? 9-3. Yeah, okay, they got 9-3. Sorry, 9-3. Uh, that being said, let's now talk a little bit about Tony Pollard. Now, I think we've mentioned on the show that that you know last week he's running, you know he's five six yards deep in the end zone. He's running it out, and it just seemed to me like um, I don't know. I don't know if that's his decision. I don't know if that's the special teams coach decision. I don't know whose decision it was, but it seemed like it was somewhat ill advised. And in this instance. I'm al- I was almost at the point where I was ready to say, okay, if it's in the end zone, Tony, don't touch it. Just get away from it. Let it hit the ground, and let's start at the 25. Do you guys think that's probably a better tact for, a tactical decision for this team, especially in a situation where you got an offense that's as capable as this offense seems to be, Nick? Yes, and because it's not just about Tony Pollard. It's, it's, it's also it's the officiating, and it's the guys that you have blocking. They – they will call block in the back. It seems like 50% of the time. So he's certainly not going to get past the 30 or 40 50% of the time. So the, the percentages are that you're going to be – you have a better chance if you take it out, you have a better chance of starting inside your 15-yard line. That's not good. So, I mean, I the weird thing is, is that I was watching, for some reason, watching the Seahawks field kickoffs at that same spot, kickoffs and punts. They dropped like three. So I was thinking – Pre-game? Yeah. The exact same spot. And, of course, it was the Cowboys. I was it know. where the sun was coming? I mean, what was I, the... Yeah, I guess. It was right there. But, <laughs> I don't know. You know, the sun changes in that place the yeah. whole game. So, I, I don't know. But I, I, I think that was a, that was a, definitely a, a bad move. And then he acted like he had never seen a fumble before. And it was just weird. <laughs> he couldn't quite figure out how he wanted to Mm-mm. fall on it. Dave, what did you think of the uh, of that play? All of, I mean, look, nobody has driven the Tony Pollard hype train harder than me, but it's it's been a rough two weeks. I mean, there's no way around that. And I, Nick's absolutely right. Like, the, the NFL is begging teams to just let it be a touchback. Like, they don't want the violent collisions and kickoffs. The play's basically obsolete anyway. You get the ball on the 25. Like, 75 yards is not a long field by NFL standards. Dak... The offense had three scoring drives of like 89 yards or longer yesterday. So I'll gladly take 75 if the ball crosses the goal line. 
one yard deep. The odds of you taking it out being better than just starting on the 25 are slim to none, and that's by design. Like, the NFL doesn't want these plays because they're dangerous. So just play along because it's disastrous what they're trying to do. Like, it's so bad. It's so it's so bad. I, you can't you can't afford that risk anymore after what we've seen. Amber, would you do anything different I mean, with the kickoff returns? <laughs> would you do something different with the kickoff returns at this point? At this point, I don't feel great about special teams and what they're doing. So, and this sucks. I I don't want to say, hey, let's be a little more conservative. But when it comes to special teams, I think you. Or me personally, I would be a little more conservative and try to not risk it as much or try to be as aggressive with certain plays and just do do what you need to do and and don't don't allow room for mistakes because right now they have not been having a great season. And in my opinion, though, they got a safety because of the offense, uh, not because of Tony Pollard. I mean, yeah, they didn't help that you're on the one, but you don't have to get a safety. You don't have to call a play that's a that's a slow moving, slow developing off tackle run behind Brandon Knight and Connor Williams, who they got pushed around a lot in this game. Looney oh, got pushed in that play. Poor, like all he was. Of them. That was. I think Looney getting pushed back as far as he did really is what killed that play. Right. In my opinion. Right. But I mean, do you want to go northwest or do you just want to go north yeah. and just try to? I mean, I don't understand why why quarterback sneaks have to be at the one yard line on the other. I mean, why can't you just? Get a few yards to get yourself some breathing room a little bit. So I thought that was a very poor decision to make that call. And then, you know, I still haven't seen a great replay of that. But, I mean, looks like he didn't get out. Yeah, no, it, it to me it was clear that he didn't get out. But, like I said, I think Looney was your biggest culprit there. Now, that, that you can make a lot. There were a lot of guys there you could probably give some, some of that culpability to other than Zach Martin. Zach Martin had his guy about two or three yards downfield. And right now, I'm sure Zach Martin is, is just probably in a situation where he just feels like, I, I can't win right now because his line mates just aren't, they aren't pulling their weight. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I do want to talk a little bit about special teams uh, and particularly Greg Zerline. We're going to talk about uh, his day yesterday. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. 
As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. Back to the break. Looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco business by choosing one of the Star District restaurants. For information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com here in Frisco. Welcome back into the second segment of The Break Live from the SWVC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we're going through the moments that mattered in this game. We're going to move to the next moment. It was 144 left in the first quarter. Zeke scores on a one-yard touchdown run. Greg Zerline runs out. He uh, attempts the point after touchdown and hits the upright. And uh, he also had a block PAT uh, that happened two possessions later. This special teams, and, and Amber, you mentioned it, has had a number of miscues through the first three games of the season. They've also had some really high highs. How concerned are you at this point? And last year, again, there was some real problems with the special teams. How concerned are you at this point about the Cowboys special teams? We're going to start first with you, Dave. Um, I don't know. If, if like, 10 is a five-alarm fire, I guess I'm I'm probably at, like, I I don't I don't feel that worried about it because I feel like some of this is correctable. The second PAT was a was a, a blocking breakdown more so than an outright miss. Zerline did hit his field. You know, he hit two big field goals earlier in the game, and the Pollard play. You would like to assume that you can avoid that happening ever again. I mean, that just, that's that just shouldn't happen. So I'm not freaking out about it, but. Honestly, at the risk of sounding like I'm letting the defense off the hook, like I might be the most disappointed in the special teams because you knew going in the secondary was in trouble. They're injured. They're going against Russ and these receivers. You figured they were not going to have a great day at the office. Now, the coverage still sucked, but you figured that was probably going to happen. Whereas the special teams are supposed to be a strength. You leave four points on the field. I mean, I get Nick's point about running a bad play, but you still would like to think your kickoff team doesn't put you on the half-yard line. Like you, That's yeah. a reasonable expectation that that shouldn't happen. So that's two points, two mixed extra points. That's four points. Then you're chasing points late in the game because of that, and you have to go for two. So it's not an expectation to say the special team's errors completely swung everything about this, the end of the game. And that's that's just a massive bummer because they were supposed to be so good under John Fossil. Um, like I said, like I have some optimism that it's more of an aberration than a trend, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Amble, your level of concern. Um, uh, I'm I'm with Dave on this one. I am pretty concerned, but at the same time, I think there those are things that could be fixed along the season and I still think that Fassel with the experience that he has and I know we talked of great things about him prior to well when he first got hired by the Cowboys and I, I still have hope in him and that he's able to to make his uh, special teams better but at the same time it just comes down to player execution I think some of those things that they've done the mistakes that they've made it comes down to the players not being to execute well enough on the field but I am I am concerned, and I would say 
I'm a little higher than they are. I would give it a seven and a half hmm. right now. Okay. All right, Nick, how concerned are you about special teams? Not, I'm not really there yet. I'm not, I mean, five, I guess. I mean, just because routine plays, I mean, I don't, I don't put that necessarily on Fossil, you know, making extra points and catching kickoffs. I mean, that's what I, um, that's what I expect uh, the guys to do on Friday nights, you know, to do that. And then Saturday nights, of course, and then Sunday in the NFL, yeah, that, that's a given. So I, I think he's got good schemes. I think he's got, you know, I think they got the players in the right spot. I just don't think that it's going to be an every week thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. Yeah. You know, if it keeps happening, that's fine, but I'm just not there yet. The one thing that, that really kind of disappointed me more than anything else about the special teams, you had the one block punt, which obviously that's a problem. But then the second, that, that first one that actually hit the upright, if you guys went back and watched it, that one looked like it almost got blocked, too. There was a guy that got in and got his hand up. And actually, for a second there, I thought it did get, get blocked. But, I mean, it, it's, they're having some issues along that line. And I know on one of those plays, I think it was the one where it was actually blocked, I mean, Connor Williams just got basically picked up and thrown. I mean, it's just – I am really, really not seeing – or, or I'm not. I'm not really right now. I'm, I'm not really thinking that Connor Williams is playing at the level that they need him to play and desperately need him to play, because they have all the issues that they or because they have the guys that they have on the outside. I actually think right now he's having. I don't think you could say that the tackles are, are playing worse than Connor Williams. Uh, I think he's right there along with him. And you might even want to throw Joe Looney in there on some plays as well because they're just not getting the job done. Mm. Let's move on to that next uh, moment that mattered. This one came at uh, about, it was uh, second and 11 at the Seattle 37. Uh, Dallas had Dallas and Seattle were tied at nine. DK Metcalf catches a 62-yard pass. Uh, he's headed for the end zone. Trayvon Diggs then comes behind him, knocks the ball out of his hand before he crosses the goal line, causing the touchback. Uh, and it leads me to the question of, how did you assess Trayvon's play during that game? Because I think there were some up and some down moments. And the bigger picture question there is, do you think that maybe Cowboys and having to put him out there and put so much on him this early might risk losing this guy because he's he's having to face some really good receivers and he's he's taking a little bit of a beating at no, times. No. Nick. No. Because he's gotten beat his whole life. He's gotten beaten his whole life. When you're a little brother, you get beat the entire <laughs> you, you get beat your whole life. Yeah. And he keeps fighting back. He keeps coming back. He goes to Alabama. He's he's an all American. He's a second round pick. They knew the moment they made him a starting cornerback, there was going to be ups and downs with playing him. He's got talent, but he also is a rookie, and, and he's going to and he's and he also thinks he's a better than he is, and that's every cornerback in the league thinks that. Yeah. He thinks he's better than that, which is going to make some big plays. It's also going to give up some, and uh, but he's. I hate to say this, but I think he's the best you have right now. I mean, I don't know why you hate to say it. It's true. Well, it is. Well, yeah. Well, I hate to hear it, because yeah, yeah. that's he's the rookie. <laughs> right, right. The, the rookie who gives up big plays yeah. is the best you have. It is, it absolutely is, Dave. You know, the, I, it's tough. Be, you know, this is another example of like it sucks not being around these guys, not being embedded the way we normally are. Like I've I've never met Trayvon Diggs in person, but I've just been impressed at his resilience from a distance because it doesn't seem like him. He came back, you know, they picked on him throughout the first half. He bounced back by forcing the fumble on Metcalf. He also had some nice plays and coverage in the second half where he looked comfortable and confident. It looks from the outside 
like he's got a short memory and a lot of self-confidence. Like, I don't get the impression from a distance that he's overly bothered by this. I hope that I'm right. I don't know that for sure because I'm probably never going to get a chance to talk to him in person all season long. But I've been impressed by the way he's been able to respond to this. Um, it's it's not fair, the position that he's in. You know, the secondary was going to be a problem regardless. But the other two guys that are supposed to be starting are on injured reserve which obviously not only are they not available, but they won't be available for at least two or three more weeks. So I said this yesterday on Twitter. It's going to get worse for Trayvon Diggs before it gets better. This is going to keep happening. The Browns are going to target him too. And, and I just hope he keeps that attitude because I like, I like the flashes that I'm seeing. The, the, the consistent product is not there and might not be there all season, but I'm optimistic that uh, that he's going to internalize it the right way and, and not get too down on himself. Amber. I'm excited to see what, what he becomes and the kind of player that he turns into. What sucks right now is that he's ca- having to carry so much on his back. And the fact that you don't have much help of veteran guys in the secondary, I mean, it, 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 it puts more weight on him. And it, I'm just... Uh, the one thing, the one thing that I like seeing is the fact that one, he works his butt off. You can tell that he does not, he puts in the work. And the two is that, like these guys mentioned, he doesn't give up. And that play that Derek you brought up that you were talking about, I mean, the guy was only several steps away from the from getting inside the end zone and. Diggs did not give up, and the fact that he he wasn't like, man, this guy just got away from me. He kept going, went in there with his hand to push out, uh, get the ball off the guy's hand. So those traits, those kind of just fire to fight back, uh, it's something that you love to see. And I hope that, like they said, I hope that the bat don't don't offset the good and that it doesn't really get to him throughout the season but right now i i think he he has a lot of potential all right we're going to take our final break when we come back i have a couple more moments from the game we have to talk about there was one series Second of plays half, maybe? yeah well th- but that's the thing there were some the moments in this game that all happened in the first half and then it kind of started going but there was a series that happened in the second half uh that i think uh that we need to talk about actually this one's in the and this one's still in the second quarter and then we will talk about a series that happened in the uh in the third quarter we'll do that when we come right back this is dallascowboys.com radio since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. Are you coming to the Cowboy game this weekend when they play the Browns? If so, make sure you know before you go. Wear a mask, keep distance, be prepared for cashless transactions, credit cards only. Please be aware of all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're breaking down the Cowboys versus Seahawks. And uh, I already can see now that we're going to have some stuff from this show that's going to have to flow over to next week because ain't no way we can get in all the different things that happened and, and, and evaluate all the players that we saw every on show, Sunday Derek. versus the Seahawks. Uh, that is every Monday. It seems like that's every Monday. Well, but. every rundown you have is like 17 pages <laughs> long. So you No, know. but you got to admit, this game had so it many did. moments yeah, you uh, have and all so these many moments things. in the second quarter. I know, I I'm not going to even get to them. Uh, we are going to do- jump back, though, to the second quarter. This was uh, about 11.31 left in the second quarter. Seattle, there was a series where Seattle had the ball. They start this drive at their own 29. They drive to the Dallas 46, and that's when things started going crazy for the Cowboys. You got third and 10 on the Dallas 46, and uh, Wilson is sacked by Jordan Lewis, but that is negated by an illegal contact penalty on Daryl Worley. That situation would have gotten him off the field. Instead, it's first and ten. Uh, it's second and nine at the Dallas 23 later in that drive. Wilson is intercepted by Daryl Worley uh, at the Dallas 1, but that is negated by a pass interference on Jordan Lewis. So basically, Jordan Lewis and Daryl Worley both took each other's great plays away, <laughs> negated them, and uh, and put the, the Seahawks in better position. Then uh, Seahawks have the ball first and ten at the Dallas 15. You get pass interference on Brandon Carr in the end zone. Uh, while he's covering Greg Olson, Seattle scores from the touch, scores a touchdown from the one uh, after that. Thoughts on the Dallas cornerbacks? And, and here's my big picture question. Do you think that what we're seeing from the cornerbacks is more of the fact that you're, you're missing Awuzie and you're missing Brown? Or do you think the same thing would be happening even if those guys are here? Because let's be, let's be clear, Awuzie hadn't been great for a while. So, you know, do you think it's that they're missing guys? Or do you think it's just this is what they have and this is what they're going to be for the foreseeable future? Let's start first with you, Dave. Both. Both. I mean, yeah, like it sucks when you don't have two of your preferred starters, but I don't have any confidence it would have been substantially better. I said this. I've been I've been thinking about this all morning, knowing we were going to talk about it. I mean, the secondary was the problem with this team. Now, you know, the pass rush hasn't played amazing through the first three weeks. They were better yesterday. Still not incredible, although that's tough against Russell Wilson. I get it. But the secondary was always going to be a problem. I don't think it would have looked substantially better. Uh, with the starters out there. Uh, honestly, I, for, the, the flags on Lewis and Worley, I feel like, were pretty fair. The one on Carr was BS. Well, I mean, 
to some degree, you got to let a cornerback do something. Like, the rules are already slanted hard enough against him as it is. Um, so that sucked. But, you know, I like there are a lot of grabbing going on. Like, overall, I didn't have a problem with most of those calls, I feel like. But, yeah, coverage is, is going to be a problem for the Cowboys for most of this season, if I had to guess. It just kind of is what it is. Nick, your thoughts? Agreed. I mean, I, I thought the calls were pretty fair, except for the uh, Brandon Carr. I did not like that because Olsen's not going anywhere. He's not trying to go anywhere. I mean, he's not, he's not stopping him from doing anything because he wants to just sit back there and, and you know, hug each other. I mean, I thought the Jalen Smith call, I don't know if you're getting into that later, uh, I thought the illegal contact play, I thought that one was pretty bad. Um, but, yeah, they're just not good enough to cover those guys, you know. And But the thing about it is it all starts with Russell Wilson and the Cowboys' fear of trying to attack him because he sits back there forever. So there was a ton of coverage sacks, coverage plays. They can't cover all day long. And so it, it, Russell Wilson is the reason why the Cowboys' DBs or other DBs are getting these penalties. Amber. Well, it sucks to hear. Like I, I, I'm, I'm still in shock that Stephen Jones said on the fan, <laughs> what was it, Dave? That they're not anticipating to bring any DBs this week, and nope. I'm just amazed as to how, how can, how can that even come out of your mouth after watching these three first weeks? I, I just don't understand because. Uh, regardless of the situation, regardless of, of the players being injured on your secondary, the Cowboys were still struggling just in general. I mean, we've been talking about the secondary all throughout the offseason, during training camp, and then starting the, the season. So it's still, it's still very concerning at the, the fact that they're still not looking into actually bringing someone back. And, they might be, maybe they are, maybe Stephen Jones is kind of trying to keep it a secret or something, but as of right now, it's just, regardless of the injuries, I think they, they still would have struggled. Yeah, when you hear that, it makes me start to question, okay, so why would they think very differently than all the rest of us that they don't need to bring in anybody? And the only thing I can really come up with is they believe, maybe they believe, that the issues they're seeing right now with the defense, the busted coverages, are not necessarily a function as much of guys not being able to do it. It's more a function of the guys figuring out how to do it. This is a new scheme, and for whatever reason, they're not picking up on all the nuances of the new scheme. You think that maybe that could be the issue and why the Cowboys are at least saying, we're going to stay where we are, we're going we're to hold true to that, and we're going to give this a little more time and see where it goes. Nick? Yeah, I think I mean the, that's got to be w w what it is. It's 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 and also the fact that they, you know, adding players and picking them up is just not what it used to be. It's because it, because of the situation we're in right now. Uh, it's just it's harder to get guys in the building um, and get them up to speed. It's going to take 72 hours, I guess, for that to happen. So, um, you know, you you almost in some cases have to roll with this, but. I, I'm, I don't know. I, Dave mentioned three or four safeties that are out there, and I think I'd try a, a couple of them, you know, just just to see. I mean, be just because, you know, your your seasons, you can't just let guys run free like that. That that's just that just can't happen. Let's real quickly get to this one other uh, play. I think we could try to get in here. It was the first play to open the third quarter. 
uh, it was a series there, and, and Jaron Reed beats Connor Williams to get a sack on Dak. He also forces a fumble on that play. Uh, but when you think about it in totality, Dak was only sacked twice in this game. Uh, one time, Connor Williams again gives up that sack. Brandon Knight gives up uh, gives up one later in the game. Um, so from that standpoint, how do you guys assess the play of the offensive line overall throughout the game going up against uh, the Seattle defense? We'll start first with you, Amber. I mean, it wasn't great. The fact that you're having to shuffle guys around in the middle of the game, and and then I know there's still question as to why exactly Steele came out of the game. There was some news. I think James later mentioned that he had some, I guess, stomach issues or something like that. And I, I don't know, but at the same time, it, it's always a struggle. And the fact that they were able to hold it together, honestly, credit to Dak Prescott. I think he, he did an amazing job regardless of them losing the game and him throwing those two interceptions. I think he, the fact that he's playing the way that he's playing right now and being able to utilize his legs and, and be mobile and just get out of there and, and make certain throws, he, he's done an amazing job. So. Hopefully, with the fact that we know or think that the two tackles are coming back pretty soon, I, I, I would imagine that the offensive line starts getting better. But all in all, I think that they did okay, just okay. It was not great by any means, but I hopefully it, it'll get better soon. Dave? If I'm looking for a silver lining coming out of this game, besides the play of the quarterback, which I thought was outstanding, even with the miscues, I'll take it. I'll take it 99 times out of 100. But if I'm looking for a silver lining, it's that the coaching staff was prepared for this problem. Uh, you know, Zach Martin, thanks to Nick, Nick got to talk to both of them. Zach Martin and Joe Looney both were kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, they've been working us at these different positions. So, you know, like nobody was surprised when this had to happen, which that's funny to hear because we were all shocked. Because, uh, you know, we've talked about Zach playing tackle forever and never seen it. Never. And he just kicked out there and played like a badass. I mean, I know I know Seattle doesn't have any crazy good edge rushers, but that's still really impressive, in my opinion. A further testament to Zach Martin's ability. I thought Tyler Biotish held up really well at center. Thought Joe looked fine at guard. Like, for them to do that and the offense was able to completely you know pick itself up i think dak for threw for 292 after halftime um that's pretty remarkable because i think most of us would agree that a situation like that might have sunk the last coaching staff i'm not sure that they would have thought ahead in enough degrees to make those types of adjustments mid-game uh so I, I think the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for that i'm not sure it would have looked that nice uh if other people had been making those decisions nick let's assume for a second that tyron can't play this next game would you stick with that that offensive line that they had there by the end of the game or do you go back to steel no i'm not going back to steel but but i've got some i've got some other issues <laughs> you said that really weird like no uh, no no i'm not going for the undrafted guy from texas tech I'm, I mean, not, not for zach martin i mean but but again i hate to say this but it, it, you gotta have the, your five best line i mean you you have to figure that out mm -hmm. and i just don't know who that is at this point i, I don't know i don't know if biotish is better than looney at, at you know is he better than looney or was that whole move better um is connor williams is he a problem i mean I, I, is he out of position now? I mean, you know, I mean, think about it. Brandon Knight, they like him at guard, had to play him at tackle. 
Maybe that maybe they both need to flip for each other. But I, you know, honestly, as I went back and watched the game, I didn't really have a hard time with what Brandon Knight did yesterday. No. I think Brandon White, Brandon Knight, to me has played pretty decent football for the position that he's been put in in the last two weeks. I, I don't think he is the reason why they are they are struggling at times when they struggle. I, I think Tyron plays. I think I play Brandon Knight at right, at right tackle. tackle. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. and move Connor. I mean, uh, move uh, Zach Martin back and but at center, I I don't know about that one. I, Again, I didn't think Looney had his best game yesterday. No. Dave, no. Amber, what do you what guys think you about that? Would you would you guys change it up or could kids stick with what they had by the end of the game? I was going to ask. I was well, going to ask. Oh, good. So good. Go ahead, AG. Oh. I, I was just going to ask, where would you prefer to have your, your weakest point? Mm, that depends on if that depends to me on if Tyron is back. If Tyron is back, I think I would prefer it to be at left guard. If Tyron is not back, I think I prefer it to maybe be at right tackle. Right tackle. Yeah. And you see, Dak sees what it's coming right yeah. at, and plus you can chip, and then you have Zach Martin right, right there. Right, and you got Zick. Yeah, that's a good question. I was gonna say. I think that's how I would oh. look at this whole thing. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. No, because I, I think it's a really say, good point. Yeah. That, that was just, just what I was gonna say. It's that's how I would look at it. Where would you prefer to have your weakest point, and then based on that, rearrange or try to rearrange the offensive line and try to figure out where you want your best guys to be, depending on what you think works best for Dak Prescott. That's a good point. You know, Romo if we can assume that. that Go ahead, Dave. Dave, go. So, if we can assume that Tyron's back, I, it does make me wonder. Like I said this last night too, is like if everybody's healthy, and I know they're not, but if they are, it's an impressive amount of depth and versatility. Like they've got, yeah. you know, they've got like five guys that can play two or three positions. If Tyron's back, I agree that I would play Brandon Knight on the right side. But that makes me wonder, like. You could do some more experimenting. Uh, you could play Joe Looney at left guard and play Tyler Biotish at center mm-hmm. and move back Zach mm-hmm. back to right guard. Mm-hmm. Or uh, potentially maybe maybe you play Brandon Knight at left guard and play Zach at right tackle. I don't freaking know. Like, you could do a lot of stuff. You know, um, you if, know if Tyron's sad. back, it opens you up. I wouldn't be mad about them experimenting, that's for sure. I'd say what's sad is that Connor McGovern's name just isn't in, in this equation at all. Yeah. Like, mm. They had a second round grade on him. True. Yeah. That that's that's disheartening. But I mean, I that's I, a really good point. But Lyell is supposed to be back this week, and I just I don't know if he's gonna be. But I'll say this: at whatever point they have both of their tackles back, I would play around a little bit with the center and the left guard position. I would maybe look at some other options. Do I maybe want Looney over there with Biotis in the middle? Do I maybe want to see if Connor McGovern can 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 step in there and maybe play left guard? Like I. I really think that that's going to become the weakness of this offensive line. And we saw it yesterday. We saw there were moments when that that middle of the line was getting pushed around. And they were getting pushed around to the point where it was affecting the play that was on the outside. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. Like, you got to be able to at least hold a point of attack. Like, you got to be able to at least stand up and not get thrown back and pushed back into the running back who's trying to get to the outside, right? I want to know why they didn't sign Ron Leary. I don't know. I, I, I wonder I if it too. was money or he wasn't ready or because they are hurting inside. They don't they don't run the ball. They can't run it. They're leaving it all for Dak to do everything and it's it's too much. Your your quarterback should not be throwing the ball 57 times. It's not a recipe to win games. Yep. 
All right, we uh, appreciate you guys joining us. We're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit more about this game, and we'll start doing some big picture looking at where the Cowboys are at this point through three games. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?